There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Crystal Palace update, uh, this time joined by Sam Carp. You can find on Twitter at Sam double underscore Carp, not spelled out. Obviously, we just mean the two symbols. Uh, you can also find him uh, over at the Eagle Speak, especially on match days. Uh, Sam, an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, we kind of filled you in last minute because uh, we weren't really expecting Crystal Palace to do much on deadline day. And then out of nowhere, uh, Chris Mishibashuai falls in your lap. Uh, so just curious to hear your thoughts on on how this deal kind of came about. Yeah, I mean, it's a, an interesting one. As you say, a, a very surprising one, a welcome surprise, I think. Um, especially because I think a few hours beforehand, we were basically being told that no more business was being done. Um, and I think obviously Batshuayi is one that's been touted to a lot of clubs over the course of this window. Uh, I think Spurs were probably after him, and I think Spurs were probably his first choice, but uh, Chelsea were pretty keen to ensure that he didn't end up at one of their rivals for the top four, so I think it basically materialised at the last minute that he didn't really have anywhere to go, and Palace would be very keen, given our well-documented need for a goal scorer. So I think, yeah, bringing him in on loan to the end of the season is one that suited all parties in the end. Yeah, it's striker has been an issue for you ever since uh, the purchase of Christian Venteke, who just really hasn't found his footing at the club. But he has returned from fitness, as is Connor Wickham, who I am all too aware of uh, just scored a goal against Tottenham uh, in the Cup. So uh, where does Batshuayi fit, do you think, in kind of that pecking order at centre-forward? Sure. I mean, I mean, basically, we need, as I said, we sort of needed a goal scorer. And I think of the ones that were available, he was probably one of the best. Um, so we've obviously sort of filled, we've filled that gap. I mean, obviously, he's had a pretty rough time at Valencia, scored 3-23, and I believe it was. Um, but he's shown in the past that he can score goals. I mean, he scored 9-14 and at Dortmund last year, 19-53, uh, and despite being kind of in and out of the squad at Chelsea. Um as you say, we've kind of gone from this really weird position of having no striker whatsoever, playing a kind of makeshift team with either Townsend and Zaha through the middle or Jordan Ayew playing through the middle. Um, and then all of a sudden, about a month later, we've got four strikers fit. Um, so it's, it is a bit of a weird one, especially because Conor Wickham looked good against Spurs last week. Um, ben Teke's looked a handful for defenders when he's come on. He looks kind of, he looks like he's more motivated. He looks fitter. Um, so at least that means it's kind of there's going to be a lot of competition for that starting place up top. Uh, obviously with Batshuayi it's interesting because I think during his time at Chelsea he um, obviously didn't get a lot of starts and when he did start he was kind of thrust into that system where he was playing through the middle on his own and tended to be fairly ineffective in that role I'd say. 
Um, so I don't, I don't know whether it would kind of suit him to play up top with someone like Benteke, who he could feed off. Um, and obviously they'll have that sort of link with each other from playing together uh, for the Belgian national side. And um, Hodgson kind of has favoured that role of sticking two people up top this season for much of it anyway, especially at the start when he had Zaha and Townsend playing through the middle. Um, more recently, he's kind of adopted a little bit and he's started playing Zaha and Townsend out wide. Um, possibly kind of under pressure from the fans because people wanted to see Zaha in that wide role again, taking on fullbacks, being a bit of a menace. Um, so there possibly could be a way for him to play with either one, one of the bigger players, either Wickham or Benteke. Um, the, only, the only question is, um, in terms of him fitting in for me, is that he, he is kind of renowned as one of those strikers. He can dip in and out of games. Um, he's obviously also spent much of his career at fairly dominant sides. Uh, he's never really played for a team that's in the bottom half of a league like Palace are. So he's probably not going to get as many chances as he would playing for a team like Chelsea, playing for a team like Dortmund, playing for a side like Valencia. Um, so kind of the hope for us is that even if he is going to be slightly more ineffective throughout over the course of 90 minutes, he'll be that guy who gets on gets on the end of a cross into the six-yard box, which is kind of what we've been lacking during this season. Regarding his usage at Crystal Palace, I've already seen some people say that on the counterattack, especially a trio of Townsend and Zaha and Batshuayi would be a very lethal one, although... Uh, at his previous clubs, he has tend to perform best when he's in pairings. Uh, how would you like to see him use it, and how do you think Hodgson would uh, use him in the squad? Yeah, I mean, that whole concept of kind of a front three is something which Palace fans have championed for quite a long time. Um, in the past, it has been it has been one with uh, Zaha flanking Zaha and Townsend flanking Benteke, and it has worked. I mean, obviously for his Venteke's um, sort of well-known struggles in front of goal. People do often forget that his first season he scored something like 15 or 16 goals. Um, so I wouldn't entirely write him off, and I wouldn't kind of I wouldn't see Batshuayi signing uh, for the rest of the season as sort of a, a signal that the others aren't going to be trusted. Um, I would be very surprised if Hodgson uh, went 4-3-3 uh, with that uh, with those three through the middle. I think. Um, He'd be much more likely to stick to his kind of his rigid four four two system, but with Zaha and Townsend back on the wings. Um, and I think he will uh, play back try up top alongside someone, uh, especially now that we've got four strikers fit. I just can't see him having keeping three of the guys on the bench. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it should make for a very interesting uh, attack going forward. Um, because there is plenty of talent there. If Benteke can, back, can get back to his best, as you referenced with uh, Betchewai's time at Dortmund, if he can get back to that kind of goal-scoring form, uh, you could go from a side that sometimes has to rely on Zaha too much for goals to really having other options there. Um, as far as the rest of the transfer window, you do bring back uh, Bakori Sako after he was briefly away. Uh, do you expect anything from that, or do you think it was just another body in the squad? Yeah, I mean the thing the thing with Saka was that he he performed really well last season for a stretch of about six or seven games. Um, he scored a few goals, uh, but then got injured in a game against West Ham, broke his foot or something like that. Um, and then we didn't see him again until the end of the season. I think um, I think basically the club offered him a contract and he decided that he'd be he'd be better off elsewhere. Ended up at West Brom, uh, couldn't get in the team, and in true Palace fashion, we. Threw him a lifeline and he took it in January. 
uh, in January. So um, it's good to have him back. He's like he's a popular character in the squad. So um, if nothing else, he'll kind of he'll fit he'll fit seamlessly back into that environment. Um, whether he'll play as big a role on the pitch, I'm not sure. But the thing is, he is someone that Hodgson knows and that Hodgson trusts, and that can do a job. So if Zaha was to get injured or suspended, as he did in, as he did in midweek, it's someone that can kind of slot in, and um, and it just it just gives us another body, as you say. It's it's options that we didn't previously have. Um, it adds to that squad depth, and it it kind of means that Hodgson now has so much more to choose from. Uh, he, he kind of throughout the season, it's he's been using sort of a core of twelve or thirteen players, whereas now as it now it feels that we've added a couple more in those attacking positions that we can rotate it a little bit more. And I think it, it, it definitely feels like we've got one of the sort of stronger squads going forward outside of the top six. And I think what that kind of means now is that Hodgson can't really use that excuse of not having any any forward players fit. Yeah, um, you do sign a, a reserve goalkeeper, although it was just before everybody got fit again. Weird, weird that that's happened a couple uh, times already this window. Uh, but no other signings throughout the squad. Again, it was a slow January, so not trying to say it in an accusatory tone. But were there any positions that you were hoping that you would strengthen that you did not? Not particularly, to be honest. I never January is a transfer window that I'd never really expect too much from. Uh, I think it's becoming increasingly kind of turgid. Teams are a lot more uh, cautious over what they do in January because um, they don't want to spend a lot of money on a player that hasn't that, that won't have the opportunity to have a preseason with them, or teams are cautious of selling in case they won't be able to get a replacement in time. Um, so I think as far as January windows go, we've had a pretty good one. Uh, we went into it needing a striker, and we and we got that. Um, we probably needed cover for Zaha and Tanzan. We got that as well. Um, the goalkeeper. I don't. I can't profess to know much about him. I'm not sure anyone does. But um, he looks like he could be a long-term replacement for Spironi once he once he probably retires at the end of the season, and potentially even a replacement as our number two for Wayne Hennessy, who has had well-documented problems of his own recently. Um, so, so all in all, I think it's been a pretty good window for us. Yeah, and and again, the the idea that a player like Batshuayi would just kind of like back his way into your club it has to be a pretty pretty nice uh, cherry on the top of what was already a, a decent window for you. Um, as for uh, the Zaha thing, you mentioned it there with the suspension. Happens against uh, Southampton. A little mini fracas between himself and James Ward-Prowse. Uh, brings the first yellow card, then he applauds the referee uh, for making the decision and then picks up the second yellow there for taunting. Um, now it sounds like he will be uh, punished further after that. Just what did you make of that whole situation? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it needs to make sure I kind of articulate myself properly here because it's such a, Zaha's kind of such a divisive guy. Um, I mean, it's on the one hand, you've got this player who, Palace fans adore because of how good he is and um, all the things he's done for the club. But on the other side of the coin, you've got a lot of opposition fans who kind of detest him, um, possibly because of how good he is, but also because he obviously has a tendency to go down a little easily. He wins a lot of free kicks. Um, he's not sort of he's not really afraid to let the opposition know what he thinks. Um, so I mean, in terms of in terms of Wednesday, um, first and foremost, I think it definitely was a red card. Um, and I think a situation like that has probably been coming for much of the season. Um, I think Zaha has been kind of getting been getting increasingly frustrated with the treatment that he's given on the pitch. Uh, I know he's spoken before about wanting more protection from referees. Um, but I mean, it's kind of he is he is a guy who plays on the edge, and um, that's kind of that's kind of why Palace fans love him so much, and sort of why we're so protective and sometimes I guess overly overly defensive of him. Um, but when kind of something like Wednesday happens, it's, it is extremely frustrating. And you kind of look at it and you think it's potentially it would be better to channel that frustration in a different way. Um, he gets booed, he gets targeted to be tackled because of how good he is. Um, but the more he kind of reacts like he did against Southampton, I guess the more teams are going to try and push his buttons because they know that that's the reaction they might be able to weak out of him. Um, but I guess on the other side of it, you kind of look at it and it's, it's probably quite easy to underestimate um, what it's like to be kicked all the time. I mean, none of us are as few people are as good at or as good at football or gifted with the ball at their feet as Wolf and Zaha. And um, I guess after a while, it gets extremely frustrating being kicked by these, um, these pretty strong athletes uh, going through you six or seven times a game. So I don't think it's a surprise that eventually... Um, it's going to come to the boil and he's going to see red and react in the way he did. So, I mean, quite happy to sort of let him off in this situation, obviously. And um, But the main frustration is that he misses one game and probably more after receiving an additional charge by the FA. Yeah, I think you described it well there because there are times when Zaha goes down too easily, but there are also a lot of times when he is being kicked. And I think weirdly people from the outside looking in miss one or the other of those two points like it's very easy to play against him and think he just goes down easily but i i remember a picture of eden hazard after a match um where like his sock was just all torn up and there was like blood coming through and i'm sure that zaha after most matches um especially as he, he's been the primary threat for you for so long now um that people think if, if they can get under his skin or or you know put in a heavy tackle on him um that he'll, he'll kind of shrink from that and and seeing uh players do that to Zaha is something at Tottenham we've had to deal with with Deli Ali who has a short temperament mm-hmm. and people know the easiest way to unsettle him is to get under his skin so um it's it's hard to handle those situations for Zaha I'm sure one of the reasons he was applauding so sarcastically is he knows how many times he felt he was fouled 
uh, and then for him to be shown to yellow uh, that easily after all of that, I'm sure felt insulting almost. Um, but as as you say, the, the biggest problem here is that he misses matches. And when he misses matches, as you and other people are far too aware of, you tend to not win. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the problem. I mean, going back to what you said there with regards to Wednesday night, I mean, he has been on he has been on the end of some particularly rough treatment this season. I mean, there was that tackle by uh, Etienne Capu in the in the first game against Watford, where he literally raked down the back of his leg, uh, absolutely nowhere near the ball whatsoever. And I think on um, on Wednesday, Zaha had been in some particularly rough treatment as well. I mean, there'd been a tackle by uh, Jack Stevens on Townsend in the first half. I mean, Southampton weren't sort of holding anything back. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you say, it's sort of the the worrying thing now is that we lose him for a key game against Fulham tomorrow. Um, West Ham potentially, if the if the uh, FHR leads to a further ban, he'll likely miss the West Ham game next week, which is another one you're kind of looking at to get three three points from. And as as good as it is to kind of have Zaha against teams like Liverpool, City, uh, and whoever else you really want him against the teams that are in and around you in the games that you sort of see as realistic opportunities for three points. So um, that's that's the main frustration of it, and because it was such an avoidable red card. Um, but I think now that obviously we've got Batshuayi and we've got Sacco back, and we obviously lifted the hoodoo of not being able to win without him against Leicester earlier this season, there's kind of, there is still a hope that we can, that we can still get some points without him. Yeah, we may as well just talk about that Fulham match now. How do you think you'll line up uh, without Zaha available? It'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does, um, especially because um, Batshuayi should be fit, given that he's been playing fairly regularly for Valencia. Um, I'd be very surprised if he threw Batshuayi straight into the starting lineup. Um, Hodgson has kind of had a habit this season. He, he's a very loyal man. Hodgson, much the frustration of fans at times. Um, so I wouldn't kind of I wouldn't be surprised if he played a similar team as the one that started at Southampton, possibly. With Jeffrey Schlupp coming in, because um, he's someone that he's trusted for much of this season. Um, but it would it would be nice to see one of Benteke or Wickham given a chance, um, especially because Wickham looked sharp against Tottenham last week. Benteke's looked hungry when he's come on, as I mentioned earlier. And I think both of them pose a little bit more of a goal threat than Jordan Ayew does, um, despite the fact that he's found some form recently. Um, I think defenders facing up to Benteke or Wickham, it's slightly more of an intimidating prospect than it is uh, squaring up to Jordan I. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of the hope for tomorrow, that we that we do change it up a little bit, especially because it's we're up against a relegation rival at home. You kind of, you want us to take the game to them. You want us to kind of look to be scoring goals. Um, and then possibly it'd be good, to, it would obviously be good to see Batshuayi involved in some capacity, whether that's starting, I'd Again, I significantly doubt it, but it would be good to see him coming off the bench and preferably with two goalies just kind of Yeah, as for uh, the match, how do you think it'll go? Do you think it'll favour you in this one? Oh, I don't know. It's um Fulham are one of the Fulham are probably the the team in the bottom three that you kind of fear the most of being able to go on a run of wins. Because there's actually um, talent there. Yeah, exactly. I mean um, obviously, they've got a player like Mitrovic, who um, who's probably one of the best centre forwards outside of the top six. Um, and they've got they've got goals in their team. They've got as, as they showed against Brighton the other night. Um, they're a team that can come down from come back from one or two goals to kind of to, to get a win, which is something you don't really you don't really fear about Cardiff or um, or Huddersfield in particular. 
So, I mean, going into tomorrow, it's it's a game which ideally we'd be looking to get three points from. Um, but at the same time, I think Fulham will be seeing it as an opportunity to get on a bit of a run of form and kind of try and shut that gap between themselves and 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 the teams and the teams outside of the relegation zone. So I think the most important thing for us tomorrow is to kind of <laughs> essentially the opposite is to preserve that gap, whether it means whether it means even just getting a point and preventing Fulham from getting three. Um, I wouldn't be overly disappointed with that. Um, but I think first and foremost, we do need to be kind of trying to take the game to them and looking to get a win. Yeah, and you mentioned it, it as a match between relegation rivals, which I think a lot of casual observers would not be aware that Palace mm-hmm. are just four points clear of uh, the relegation zone. How confident are you, though, that, that by the end of the season you'll you'll be safe? Yeah, fairly. I mean, it's it's an interesting one because obviously for neutrals looking looking in, it's you kind you look at Palace's squad on paper and you think that should be that team should be nowhere near the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will be even more so now that we've got Batch, a player like Batshuayi on the books as well. Um, but the kind of, the problem this season has actually been has been losing to the teams in and around us. So which is why you go into a game against against Fulham tomorrow with slightly more apprehension. Um, we've obviously given good accounts of ourselves against teams like City, got a point against United, um, came within a whisker of getting a point, uh, getting something at Liverpool as well. Um, but it's kind of games where we've lost at home to teams like Southampton, lost uh, been held by Newcastle, Watford have done the double over us. Um, that's where it's really costing us. So, I mean, you look at tomorrow as a, as a, as an opportunity to change that, um, as you can sort of, you can definitely hope anyway. Um, in terms of the end of the season, I am confident. Um, it's kind of, uh, we always tend to kind of do better after Christmas and eventually sort of pull away from that bottom three. But it's slightly alarming that in the past few seasons, I've always felt at one point um, that we are absolutely destined to go down and need to be extremely pleasantly surprised. Whereas I've been saying that I'm slightly worried that this season may be the one where you spend the whole time not thinking ever that you're going to go down and then eventually somehow you do slip into that bottom three and it and it just happens. Mm. Yeah, like the Frank de Boer year, you, you assume it's going to happen, then it doesn't. And then this year you're like, oh, it's fine until it's yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Um, it yeah, should be um, worth noting for, for people that don't know, um, Palace have been really good this season defensively. Your top 10 defense, your top five in clean sheets. So maybe with the addition of Batshuayi, that could just be the kind of salve to all your wounds. You'd like to think so. I mean, the pro- the problem is that it's as, as good as we have been defensively. The games that we've lost, or um, or the games that we've kind of that have been close and we've ended up drawing one one or losing two one, and it, it's been because of kind of sloppy defensive errors. It's been silly goals that we've given away. Um, I've rarely sort of seen Palace concede a goal this season where I've thought, oh, that was because of the opposition sort of pulling us apart and um, and kind of it's a, it's a goal that they've created themselves. A lot of the time, it's kind of there's someone fairly obvious to blame for for conceding the goal. So, um, I mean, yeah, obviously, hopefully now we're going to be scoring more goals with Batshuayi in and our strikers coming back. Um, but absolutely, that sort of defensive solidity is something which is which has stood us in stood us in good stead in that in that time while those key players have been out. So fingers crossed we can continue that and sort of cut out the mistakes which have led to us conceding a few goals this season. Yeah, that'll do it for us then. Very nice to have you on as always, Sam. Tell the folks where they can find you or anything you're working on. 
Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sam double underscore carp. Uh, you can regularly find my work on the Eagles Beak, which is a Palace fan site. And if you want to find some of my ramblings on the wider sports industry, you can follow my work on sportspromedia.com. Cool. Thanks for coming on again. Also, uh, a little self-promotion, which I rarely do on the segments. I did an article for uh, ESPN.com slash fantasy this week about Milivojevic. So if you're a Palace fan and are also interested in the fantasy side of things, go check that out. The surprising thing is that statistically he's better this year than last year, which it has been brought to my attention is not the public perception at all. But um, <laughs> feel free to go check that out. Of course, check out all of Sam's stuff. Uh, best of luck to Palace for the rest of the season. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you very much. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.